Well, hello there. Pull up a chair. Let me see here. What am I going to be talking about today? Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, several things. One is the um, Greeks. Are the Greeks really the Romans? Eh, I think they probably are, but I'll talk about that in a second here. Um, and then also, I think that Jesus and the Bible are their two best marketing plans. So credit where due, well played. And there's all this talk about what's this final judgment, what are end times and all of that. And because I needed kind of a refresher course in my brain, I'll take you where I was going with all that too. Um, yeah, well, you know, it's very punitive, isn't it? Like, you know, we're such centers that we need these people. And a couple things to think about before I get started here. Who are the two groups that seem to tie all this together? Well, that would be the Bible, right? B-I-B-L-E. Could also be pronounced by bull. By as in two, bull as in B-U-L-L, right? By bull, right? That word. Then we also have who verifies all the stuff in the by bull. Well, that would be the people in charge of history, right? What ex what exactly does history sound like? How about his story? History. His story. And the Bible and their versions of his story. So let me kind of wander around here. I don't know. I think that was all I was going to talk about. But let me see here. Because I keep circling this 200-year mark. Now, the... Um, before I get started here, a lot of people on the social media are heavily pushing this idea that, um, well, just a lot of ideas, you know, like that we're, came from the monkeys and we're nothing but apes and <laughs> all of that. Um, but then there's the other crowd who pushes the idea that um, <clears throat> this is all about um, some mud floods took over the whole world and this is the repercussions from these mud floods. And another group, the Tataria group, tends to push the idea that um, the last 600 years ago, some sort of reset started going on. And they also push this idea that um, electricity was being shot from different buildings to buildings, which I, I would have to contend with all of this stuff. That sounds nice. Sounds like a nice fairy tale, just like the Bible, right? <clears throat> because... I believe we were fairly advanced, and I don't believe we would have needed to shoot electricity off of buildings. <laughs> because their, their first trick had to be to get us to get rid of our ideas as far as our own inner instincts and things, okay? Because at one point, we were able to be able to, you know, see things around us and feel fear. Well, how'd that fear start to get replaced? Well, they replace our natural instincts towards fear with a constant onslaught of fear. See what I'm saying? And so part of that was this deal with these end times and we're all a bunch of sinners and Jesus has to come in here to rescue the day. And I was also looking into the um, difference in the Quran. Cause I, I, I thought for a long time that, well, maybe the Bible is polluted, but maybe the Quran is okay. But no, that's not the way it went. <laughs> it's all polluted. So, anyhow, um, let me start off here with these Greeks, 
<clears throat> and I just pulled some things. It's very easy. Um, there's a lot of information out there as far as the Romans and the Greeks. So I'm not the first person that's had this idea. I just pulled some segments which seem to make sense, okay? Because there's a lot of duplication here. You know, they have the classic design, the neo-Roman design, the gothic design, the neo-gothic. And these, I believe, are just word plays, okay? This is, you know, <clears throat> besides these people talking about, oh, that this all existed and they came around and changed all the buildings. How about this? How about if... <laughs> How about if we've just been sold a big idea that this earth, okay, the earth is really the stage of this play, right? We're here doing something, whether it's about end times, it seems to be some sort of fight between good and evil, correct? <clears throat> I think anybody can kind of look around and see that with all this talk about famine and the Bible and famine and people starving and all this stuff going on. So I could kind of conclude that. And because they wrote the Bible, it's important to pay attention to what the enemy is talking about, right? So, yeah, there's all this talk in the Bible as far as the famine and all of these different events taking place, which they can then back up by saying, oh, look, in the Bible it talked about famine and stuff, and, and here it is really now. So I think you can borrow a lot of years by just duplicating things, right? Um, and let me read some of the things that I found interesting about this Greek and Roman deal, okay? They said, according to his story, when the ancient Greek empire fell to the Roman Republic, the Romans took Greek slaves, some of whom ended up teachers for noble Roman children. This educational influence led to a strong cultural influence from Greece to Rome, and the classical writer Horace noted the irony of the situation. Captive Greece conquered her savage victor. Captive Greece, oh, captive Greece supposedly taught the Romans by being their teachers, right? Roman education relied heavily on Greek writers, including Homer, and various aspects of Roman culture borrowed from Greece. For ex I'm reading from their piece. For example, the Roman religion had similar gods to the ancient Greek religion but with different names. The Greek influence on Roman architecture can be seen in temple design, though Roman architecture, architects took this influence and made something with different characteristics. And then they went on, somebody else said, there were large differences in the culture and the mentality of ancient Greeks and ancient Rome. See, they had the ancient, then they had the current one. See how this starts to be kind of like a wordplay, right? Just like Wikipedia, if, if, you, if you key in keywords, it would, I'm just guessing here because I wasn't the one who helped create these lies, but I would guess that there's a lot of logic to this, right? Because that way you could kind of funnel your information. <clears throat> because just this week, they discovered some Roman things in Italy. Um, so yeah, you can also keep track of your information, right? Through your Wikipedia page. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can then say, "Oh yeah, this was Neo-Roman." Oh no, no, wait, wait a minute. This was Republic Roman. See, you just work with the same kind of set of words, is what I'm finding, right? And it went on to say, um, the Romans borrowed a lot of things they admired about the Greeks, whose civilization preceded theirs. Southern Italy was colonized by Greeks, 
who founded cities like Naples, I can't even pronounce these words, Croton and others. So the Romans had contacts with the Greeks from their earliest days. They borrowed some of their gods, their architecture, their literary forms, their sciences, their medicine, and their philosophies. These borrowings lead modern people to see close similarities between the two cultures, but they say there's profound differences. And one of the differences, they say, is the spectacles in the Roman arena would have been distasteful to the Greeks. Well, I wonder what the Romans would think about the Roman arenas going on all around us right now. It seems like a bloodthirsty um, thing going on, right? And in the crowd, people are actually cheering this behavior. So um, it went on to say the Romans were inheritors of Greek culture, but they developed their own distinct governmental, military, social, religious, literary, and artistic forms. So, um, they were not initially, but when Rome expanded into southern Italy and Sicily, where there had been Greek colonies for 200 or more years, they adopted many of the Greek practices in design, religion, and culture. You see how I keep coming around these 200 years? I mean, let's say that this... There's some battle going on between good and evil, right? And at some level, which we've all forgotten because we haven't tuned into our own instincts, at some level, let's say they said, okay, we're going to create this thing called Earth down there, okay? We're going to put in these lakes and all these oceans and things, and we're going to call it Earth. And all of you people are going to go down there and sort all this out. And it appears to me that maybe a lot of people got kind of sucked into the windpipe of all this gold and all the things that they presented to us. But it could be possible that maybe it wasn't a few thousand years ago. Maybe it was a couple hundred years ago. And in order to stage this event, which this appears highly staged, right? They said, okay, we're going to have this world, and in this world we're going to have some Chinese people over here, we're going to have some African people over here, and we're going to set the stage to ready, scene, cut, 1800s, here we go. And from that point, the stage was set, and so everybody's playing their roles, and it appears that the Romans took their role rather seriously and to a rather evil extent, right? which brought us in simplest forms to where we are right now. Because now that I know who they are, taking deeper looks makes a lot more sense and how they expanded this out. So first, I wanted to settle this question of, are the Greeks? And here's why. Because they're tripping themselves up with this DNA business. Right now, there's, well, there's a bunch of DNA players, but there's two specifically. There's the Ancestry.com DNA people, and they're located in Utah, privately owned com company, and then you have 23andMe. 23andMe was founded by Silicon Valley, and it's headed by the wife of Google. That's 23andMe, also privately gathering up information. And then Ancestry.com. Now, both of these people are gathering up DNA information through these kits. How are they selling these kits? Well, it's... It's really entertainment. Just go look on YouTube. Just type in, are DNA kits even real? Okay, and they're not. It's all it's all made up, okay? Um, and so, they could, could be two reasons for these DNA kits, okay? 
they usually try to get us to pay for our own demise, right? I mean, we pay for dangerous drugs that are killing us and all these things, right? So possibly they're gathering up DNA. I mean, they have to keep those bases in Africa busy, don't they? So possibly they're categorizing this DNA somehow, right? Because they're gathering it up. And people have been consenting to their DNA being used for really whatever purposes these companies choose to use it down the road. Now, let's not get all crazy and thinking, yeah, they're building humans. Well, you know, go look at these people's feet and hands. They're not building humans. But yes, they could very highly likely be categorizing all of our DNA through these companies because we don't know what these companies are up to, right? We just know that they're selling these DNA kits to... And it's really become fun and entertainment. And there's several glitches because if you remember back when I was talking about, I don't know, the 1800s when they burned up all the census records in this country, well, that has caused a lot of problems with people wanting to go back and look at their DNA because the records are just missing. So, yeah, so there's a lot of questions as far as coming up with this DNA business. And that's what leads me to why I was talking about the Greeks and the Romans. Because here's, here's the catch, okay? Um, people are getting these DNA kits and they're getting very confused about Greeks or Romans. So I'm just going to tell you how I got here to why I think that, well, A, it keeps looking closer and closer to we've been here the last couple hundred years. And B, um, Sending out those DNA kits and selling, <coughs> selling those DNA kits <coughs> has kind of tripped them up. Okay, so, um, so let me see here. Um, I found some people talking about this. Okay, um, so um, this was a person who knew what they were talking about. I'm quoting from them. They said. One thing I've discovered from reading questions and answers online is that people are bizarrely obsessed with the question of whether modern Greeks are descendant from ancient Greeks. It's a subject that inevitably sparks a great deal of heated debate with various non-Greek Westerners on one side insisting that modern Greeks are not true Greeks at all, while Greek people and various others insist that modern Greeks are truly descendants of the ancient Greeks. So we've got two groups of people. So I'm saying the modern Greeks are descendants of the ancient Greeks, okay? And it goes on to say, the question of whether modern Greeks are truly descendants of the ancient Greeks has a long, sordid history that goes all the way back to the 19th century. I have decided to weigh in on this discussion to give some relevant background information, correct some prevailing false assumptions, and finally, give what I consider to be a sound answer on the matter. And it went on to say, I'm sure people will object that while there may not be such a thing as Greek blood, there is such a thing as Greek DNA. This belief, however, is also mostly incorrect. It, what is not incorrect is there may not be such a thing as Greek blood. Okay, and they're, they're confusing the Greek blood with Greek DNA. 
one of the most common, reading from them still, one of the most common misconceptions about DNA is the idea that all members of a certain national group share certain genes in common and that people who aren't in the national group have different genes. In reality, things are more complicated than that. First of all, all humans on the planet are approximately 99.99% genetically identical. Only a extreme tiny percentage of all genes actually vary from person to person. These Those genes that do vary from person to person, however, actually vary drastically within every population. In fact, there is usually far greater genetic diversity within any single given population from any given part of the world than there is between two different populations from two different parts of the world. <clears throat> this, tremendic, this tremendous genetic diversity within populations is actually a good thing because greater genetic diversity within a population makes it more likely that a population will be likely to effectively adapt to changing circumstances. Nonetheless, the fact that populations are so diverse makes it impossible to speak of Greeks as a, collect, as a collective possession, possessing any particular genes, since all people, including all Greeks, have different genes. Unfortunately, the idea that DNA testing can tell you your exact ancestry is an idea that has been irresponsibly promoted by companies like 23andMe and Ancestry.com. So that's that on that DNA business. So yeah, they're finding they have some problems because <laughs> things aren't adding up. So, But they've made a lot of money on those DNA kits, so that, that's probably what matters the most, right? Um, because, you know, they're, they're gathering data for sure. I mean, let's not deny the facts, right? I mean, Amazon, for example, with that penis symbol I might add for the logo, is in fact gathering data on all of us, color preferences and all that stuff by getting us to all buy from Amazon, which is essentially an arm of the CIA, right? So, okay, so let's get to this Jesus business. I was looking at... Um, Jesus and uh, the Quran to see if that was a a word game, right? To see if the Jesus thing was the same as the Quran. Because um, I'm trying to understand. I, I think a lot of people, myself included, until I got here with my research, would believe wholeheartedly that the Jesus part of this story is true, right? So that, number one... This is a marketing event, right? So they marketed to the entire world that Jesus is true. So most people, first of all, don't dispute that Jesus is even true or not. There's this assumption, you know, based on all of these Bibles, all of this literature, all of the His Story people, and all the Bible people, that uh, the first assumption being that Jesus is true. Well, Jesus not being true kind of opens up more questions, right? So what I wanted to figure out was what do the people who study the Quran have to say about Jesus? 
And it said, even though Muslims do not believe in Jesus, Christians do. According to the Bible, Jesus is the Son of God who was sent to die for all people's sins. The Quran does not mention Jesus' death on the cross, but it does mention that he was born miraculously without a father and that he will return to earth near the end times. And here, this is another interesting thing, right? Because Jesus was supposedly born by not having a father. Well, these people, the 1% people, are men, are women who are hiding as men, right? So they can't have their own children either, right? Because they can't get pregnant on their own. This whole thing just gets... Really, I'm just really glad that I recorded all this as I went along because it gets stranger by the minute at times. So <laughs> I try not to get too weedy here. Um, so Jesus was born miraculously without a father, and then he returned to earth near the end times. Because all over social media, everybody's talking about Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Him and Noah are coming back to fix things, right? The difference in belief is because Christians believe in the Trinity, and they always talk about everything in threes, right? 33, threes being their, their, their favorite number. But so Christians believe in the Trinity, which is, which is composed of three parts, God the Father, God the Son, which is Jesus, and Holy Spirit. Muslims do not believe in this doctrine since they only recognize one part of God, which is Allah, A-L-L-A-H, and reject any other representation of him. So, the Quran is a holy scripture for Muslims. They believe it was revealed to Muhammad by the angel Gabriel over a period of 23 years. The holy book for Christians is the Bible. It is believed to have been written by many people, but mostly by the authors named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Both religions, that would be the Quran and the Bible, or the Muslim, excuse me, and the Bible, the Christian people, both religions believe in one God, but there are some differences between their two faiths. The main difference between Islam and Christianity is that Muslims do not believe that Jesus was divine or the Son of God, but rather he was sent as a prophet to guide people to the true faith, which is Islam. So, <clears throat> Muslims don't believe Jesus was the Son of God, but Jesus was sent as a prophet to guide people to their faith, being Islam. See how it all starts to kind of suspiciously interconnect at this point? Um, and then there was a thing, um, surprising facts about the Quran, let me see. Yeah, this is already said that. Okay, um. Okay, what does the Quran say about Jesus Christ? The Quran mentions Jesus by the name of Isa, I-S-A. In the Quran, Jesus is a prophet and not divine or the son of God. 
Jesus' mother Mary is mentioned in the Quran as a holy woman and a virgin who gave birth to Jesus by giving birth without a male involvement. And here again, these people aren't even the sex they say they are, right? So I don't know. I mean, they, they write this stuff, okay? And then I looked at some surprising facts about Jesus. Um, Jesus was actually Jewish. So here we got both bases covered. We got the Jews and the Christians covered. The crucifixion of Jesus is considered to be one of the most traumatic events in history. Good marketing on their part, right? It took place on April the 3rd, 33 AD. The apostles believed that his death was a sacrifice for sins and it would provide redemption for them. Christianity is the largest growing religion in North America due to missionary work and people switching faith to marry someone of another faith. Missionary work. Remember when I was talking um, months ago about how this country was founded by those Methodists and stuff, setting up churches? <laughs> yeah, missionary work. Same thing they're doing in Africa, getting rid of whatever known religions they might have had to convert them to their form of Christianity. Okay, the Bible says that Jesus had 12 apostles, while the Quran only states that he had four. There are six more unknown apostles in the Quran. I don't know what that means. There are many parallels between Islam and Christianity, which include both believe in one God, both believe in prophets, both believe in angels, and both condemn idolatry. Muslims believe that Muhammad was not divine or the son of God. He was sent as a prophet. Okay, so they believe that Muhammad did the same thing that Jesus did, sent as a prophet to guide people to the true faith, which is Islam. Some Muslim countries have created their own version of Christmas, complete with gifts, carols, presents, Santa Claus, and Christmas trees. So, I don't think, let me see if it is worth talking about, more about the Quran. Um, um, so, yeah, they think that he was a prophet. Jesus was a prophet. Same thing with a, a humble servant of God. And here to um, take care of all of our sins. And then there's this thing specifically called the Day of Judgment, Okay. This stuff is very putative, isn't it? Like we're just such reckless losers. It's kind of funny when you, not funny, ha, 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 but interesting when you look at and understand more who the real criminals are here, right? Because the ones doing the um, criminal acts right now are the ones who also wrote this Bible and this Quran and stuff, right? And along with that, they also have this theory about the Day of Judgment. And it's a future event promised in Scripture where God will bring about final justice and condemnation on all those who are still in their sins while delivering those who are in Christ into the joys of eternal life. It is the day on which God will sentence unbelievers to eternal torment and hellfire while preserving the repentant who believes on Jesus Christ solely on the basis of the sacrificial work of Jesus on their behalf 
through his death on the cross for sin. Judgment Day is the day of God's final, ultimate judgment on sinful mankind. There are a number of passages in Scripture that refer to the final judgment after death at the end of time when everyone will stand before God and he will render final judgment on their lives. The Bible warns us of Judgment Day. Malachi the prophet, that's M-A-L-A-C-H-I, wrote, Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble, and the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or branch will be left to them. John the Baptist spoke of the need to flee from the coming wrath. Paul wrote to the unrepentant, Because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done. And this was Romans. A lot of these quotes came out of the Roman Bible, okay? Just something I noticed. Um, Judgment Day is a sure thing. Scripture records record several times record several times when God passed judgment on individuals and nations. For example, in Isaiah is a series of judgments pronounced against Damascus, Egypt, Cush, Babylon, Egypt, Jerusalem. These localized judgments serve to foreshadow the judgment to come. And Isaiah also describes the judgment of God over the whole world. Often there is a temporal judgment of sin that occurs in this life, but the final judgment will occur at the end of time and records a great battle in which the enemies of God are slaughtered. And this may well be the image that most people think of when they think of Judgment Day, enemies of God being slaughtered. However, this is only temporal judgment on the people alive at the time of the great battle. The final judgment will encompass everyone who has ever lived and will consign people to their final destiny. Revelation contains one of the most vivid descriptions of Judgment Day. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated in it. The earth and the heavens flew from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they meant done. So I guess even if people are already in Hades or hell or whatever, they get called up for this final judgment. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is a second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. In this passage, we see that God is the final judge. 
According to Jesus, it is the Son who will render final judgment, so it must be he who is sitting on the throne. Okay, yeah, um, I guess quite a big deal going on here, right? So, um, uh, they really go on, uh, it's all according to this thing called the Book of Lamb. And it said, um, in light of the high stakes involved, high stakes involved, meaning eternal destiny, it would behoove one to make sure that he or she is prepared for final judgment day in advance. How can a guilty sinner, and we are all guilty, their words not mine, have his or her name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? It's called the Lamb, L-A-M-B, Book of Life. So, how can a guilty sinner have his or her name written in the Lamb's Book of Life and therefore stand before him in final judgment and be pronounced not guilty? How can a sinner be justified before a holy and righteous God and avoid his wrath? The Bible gives us a clear answer. Let's see what this answer is here. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that was from Romans 5.1. The person who has faith in Christ has already had judgment rendered. That person has been justified, that is, declared righteous by God on the basis of Christ's perfect work on his behalf. So, people who, according to this Romans quote, who already have faith in Christ have already kind of made the cut, right? It is as if the final judgment that would have happened on Judgment Day was been, yeah, this is an interesting line. It is as if the final judgment that would have happened on Judgment Day has been rendered in advance. All who have faith in Christ are declared righteous and their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. They have nothing to fear on Judgment Day. Those who have faith in Christ, Judgment Day will be the final will be the day of final salvation when they are rescued from all the adverse effects of sin. Just as people are destined to die once and after they face judgment, Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Well, that's kind of a lot to unpack. Um, but remember, this is what they wrote about what their beliefs are as far as what's going on with the Bible and the end times. And my theory right now, as of right now, theory, thinking, not just 100%, is that what if this whole thing has been staged, okay? What if it didn't happen a thousand years? What if it really was a couple hundred years ago and the stage was this place called Earth, Okay. Come down to earth and we'll all either work this out or we'll battle it out. And likely happened a couple hundred years ago. Um, so yeah, these are their words. And this is all based on the fact that people they're recruiting for their team are obviously people who are pretty bad sinners. See, here's how it works. You have to be convinced you got a lot of problems to let these people come in to fix you, right? So 
everything always evolves back to there are people fixing our problems. If you even look at things like um, Jimmy Carter and the Kennedys, they're always concerned about our mental health, right? Now, I'm not saying there aren't people with mental health issues because people are getting hit on the brain with so many things, so many toxic things in this country, you know, the shots as children, all that. So, yeah, there is a lot of mental health in this country. Why do you think we have the high suicide rates in this country specifically? So, yeah, there's a lot of problems with mental health, but the mental health has been brought on by the actions of these people, right? So it really is the white rescue system. They create the problem, then they rush in to fix a problem. And that's how I'm thinking right now about this deal with the Bible, because the Bible is a great cover story for just about any way they want to have this plot move, right? They can say that they even admit in the Bible that some of them lie. And, you know, so it creates this, you know, this complete black and white. That's their favorite colors. Everything is about black and white. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting how they keep talking about all of these end times and stuff. So that was my only point for today. What it all means, I don't know. The idea is for everybody to think for themselves. Obviously, I will be thinking a lot more about it because remember, they wrote this script, okay? It seems to me we're all playing some role in some script here, right? Kind of hard to deny. And I keep finding this script as circulating around the couple hundred year mark. And I'm finding it in all kinds of different ways. I'm finding it by looking at how they have been doing hormones on themselves and the deterioration of themselves. But by their own deterioration, this stuff could not have been going on longer than a couple hundred years. There's just some things that logic prevails with, okay? They are killing themselves and the rest of us. So logic says these people are fairly reckless in their behaviors. And they're pretty dedicated to their craft because, I mean, after all, they wrote this script. They seem to be enacting it all. And they also are poisoning their own people while they're poisoning the rest of us. So it's, it, I, I couldn't have written a stranger script if I tried. So I just wanted to talk today about where I am with, you know, this end times and how this Jesus thing, because Jesus is really, I would have to say, the Bible, Bible, was one of their most effective marketing tools in all of this, okay? Because this is really just a stage event. We're all under a big tent. We just happen in different countries, different languages, different time zones. But something's going on. What that something it is? Well, let's just keep chatting and exploring. That's the best we can do for now. So goodbye for now. Be safe out there.